0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Single Minded, where we are flipping the script on being single. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your (laughs) co-host, Linda. Linda. Mum. Yes, my mum. So, we are talking today about taking a break from dating and from sex It's not really, I initially thought it was celibacy, but I think celibacy is more like the vow of celibacy that priests take. No, I think celibacy is until you decide
1: to not be celibate.
0: I'm looking at Wikipedia. It is the state of voluntarily being unmarried, sexually abstinent, or both, usually for religious reasons. And do you know which show shows celibacy really well? Is Fleabag Season 2. With the hot priest. Oh yes, yes, he struggled. Hey, he definitely did struggle. And the thing that stuck in my mind from the interview was actually she said, she said that she became friends with people after going on dates and it not working out.
1: I have said to you many times, you need to have some male friends for a different perspective <laughs> on life. It's coming from someone who doesn't really have any male friends. You don't have a
0: single male <laughs> friend. I mean,
1: we have couple friends, but it's not like. No.
0: I have an update for you. That I went on a date the other week. We went on a walk and he, you know, asked me out for another date. And after speaking to the dating coach, Audrey Claire, you know, she kind of helped me with a response back. And I you said You got help with that. Yeah, I got oh, help with that. I didn't it's know a bo- that. I, there's a bonus episode coming up. Oh, okay. Up. And she actually suggested that. So I wrote back to him and I said Hey, I've been thinking over the past day and whilst it was really fun, Arvo, getting to know you, I didn't feel a romantic spark between us. All the best with your job hunt. Hope you find something amazing. So that's not considered a
1: bit brutal?
0: No, that's considered kind. I'd be devastated. Oh, well. (laughs) <laughs> Someone did say it to me more recently, mm. and I was, I was like, oh, oh, it takes you, I guess maybe that's it takes you
1: back for a minute, and then you go, oh, well, whatever.
0: Well, no, you actually think that it's a really mature and adult, yeah, um, it's better than wondering, stable why. thing to do. It's better than ghosting. Mm. So. He responded, thank you for your honesty, Hannah. I really appreciate it. It's a shame because I did feel a connection and was hoping a more intimate date might bring out more of that spark. Mm. But I completely understand. So nice. Yeah. So then he said, which is, I'll get onto this in a bit, but wishing you the best of luck with the bachelorette thing and hope it leads to finding someone great. I'll come to the bachelorette thing in a minute. So I said, that's really nice. Thank you. I hope the same for you too. And then he said, this is so sweet. And, hey, if you're ever looking for a hiking partner as a friend, let me know. And I just said, I'd love to. Let's do it. Lock it in, Eddie. Yeah, we're going on a hike. And then, like, you know what's really nice about that? But are you really? Have you locked that in? We haven't locked that in yet, but he's been messaging me about like his job hunt and I've been messaging him about travel and Thailand's opening again, because he actually wanted to move to Southeast Asia in the middle of the pandemic. So, we do have a lot in common. So, he he sounds
1: like a perfect friend just for the minute. We'll see. Yes. No, we won't see. We won't see. I'm not saying that. No,
0: shut up, (laughs) mum. So, anyway. On to the Bachelorette thing because this is something I did want to share with everyone. Everyone remembers em, Emma from the Budget Bachelorette episode, which was um, Make Dating Fun Again was the episode. Anyway, she's met someone. So she's handed over the baton to me and I am in the process of adding everyone that requested to be added to my close friends. So I'm going to be sharing the nitty-gritty of my dates. Oh, so you haven't started close it because I don't
1: think I've – I'm not a close friend, am I?
0: I've added you in, don't worry. Good. So I'll see it all. <laughs> you You'll see. So if you want to be added to my close friends, just send me a DM at Hannah first and I can add you in if you're not already on there. And one more thing, mom, yes. that I wanted to ask your permission. Yes. Abby, my friend, Abby has just sent me a message. And she sent me "Married at First Sight" did a tweet looking for no. love. Maths is looking for you. Apply now. No,
1: I've told you if you go on Maths or anywhere near Maths, I will have to leave the country. One hundred percent no.
0: But it's it maybe you need I... to get a vote on that on
1: Instagram. But I'm voting no.
0: But if I got on, would you come to the wedding? Like you'd be yes, you'd, you'd do I, it for I do
1: it for fun. Yeah, and then we could you know play argue and
0: yeah yeah. It'd, you'd be famous.
1: <laughs> no no. No,
0: no, no. Okay, well, that's a maybe. I'm taking that as a maybe because she was a hard no a a year ago. A hard no. And you know what?
1: I don't watch it. Apologies to those that love it, but I've watched a couple of minutes of it. It's not for me.
0: Well, I'm glad we're swaying you because I would love to. I, I just think it would be it would be a laugh. What if I met someone, Martha from oh, MAPS has got this long term boyfriend, Michael, and they're a great couple, and they both have made careers like really successful careers out of it.
1: Hmm. I'll reserve my judgment,
0: Hannah. Okay. Do all they right. want to audition me? <laughs> So the issue with you being, if you Can were single on maths, unfortunately, <laughs> you one hundred percent have got the most closed mind of anyone I've ever met, and you would pick holes in any man they set you up with. And no, I'm saying, do they don't don't want think, to
1: audition me for you to be the bride? Oh no, I'm no,
0: not. I, think, never I was going thinking, on it. if you, if no, you, no, no, no. if you and Dad broke up, would you no, ever go whenever
1: breaking up? That's ridiculous. <laughs> what a ridiculous concept. <laughs>
0: You never know, mum. You never know. No, th- I know, I know. You're in there. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get into the interview and mum, we'll see what you think at the end. So today's guest, Amy Hutchings, is known on Instagram as Australian Sexologist, is a clinical sexologist from Brisbane, and she's been working in the field of human sexuality for over 17 years. Welcome to Single Minded. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on.
2: I'd love to know how you got into the field as a sexologist. I mean, it's a bit of a long story, but I think it really when I look back at it, I think it, I had an unplanned pregnancy when I was 16 and a half years old. So at 17, I had a baby. Wow. And I think that started my yeah, journey of feeling that the sexual health curriculum was inadequate. I was at a Catholic school and certainly were told not to do anything, Mm. um, any sex. You know, you do that when you're married, that kind of thing. So I think that kind of started my journey. But then, yeah, with uni, I did like women's studies and politics. And then later Mm. on, yeah, I did volunteering and a bunch of other things. And I did a master's in sexual health and lots of other training and stuff as well.
0: Yeah. So you actually shared with me, which is the, the topic <laughs> of conversation today, that you took a year off having sex yes. and dating. <laughs> I'd love to know... Why did you decide to do this?
2: And what happened? It's probably about five years ago now, but I've always been what I would call a serial monogamist. So I would be in these longer term relationships and then very much have no time and then meet somebody else kind of thing. And then I'd come out of a a real significant long term relationship. It was like a decade. I left that relationship Was my first relationship with a woman. Instead of just focusing on myself I went into another relationship and it wasn't the greatest there was some a lot of unhealthy things going on and I was grieving a lot and I just decided I don't know something just clicked I just thought I'm gonna date myself I just need to be with myself I was a mum really young I I feel like all I've ever done is just be worrying about being a partner and all of this kind of stuff and so it sort of all fell into place I did this weird thing where I came back from Prague and and the conference and everything and said to my daughter. who was living with me listen I'm leaving I'm gonna move and and I was lecturing teaching human sexuality at like Flinders Uni in Adelaide and uh, working at a sexual health place and doing a whole bunch of other things and I just said to her and I can't remember if she was 20 something at the time but I just said I'm gonna move and I want to move to the tropics but within about two weeks I'd resigned from every job I packed my house up and had not that much money and no job and I just went I'm moving and at that same time I thought I'm not going to date at all first of all I thought I I thought I'd do like a year and then it sort of just kept going so I went I went through this time of going for some dates but I'd tell everybody just so you know I'm only interested in casually seeing people and then I said I'm actually not going to have sex like I'm just going (laughs) to not have sex (laughs) <laughs> so you went on some dates and said, I'm not having sex? I went on some dates and just for a little bit, I was when I was still sort of dabbling going, all I'm going to do is maybe go on some casual dates. Because to be honest, and I did say this to them, I wanted just s- some friends because I literally knew no one. Yeah, I decided I would go on some dates, but I told everybody, which some of them wouldn't believe me. They were like, no, mm. you know, like, let's go on some other dates. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. So there was a few people kind of going, thinking, I think they thought I was a little odds because I was very sort of adamant that's not happening and a few of my friends were kind of laughed at me but I was like I think I'm going to make this five years I don't know why I had that in my head but then I then said I'm not even going to date I'm I'm just going to not have sex Mm. and only work on myself and that's what I did and that went over a year I consciously said no sex Sex is only allowed to be with myself, nobody else. No one else Mm -hmm. is going to share my body or as much of my time. So I'd never had as much time alone ever in my life. And how did it all (laughs) go? Was it a positive experience? Look, I didn't last the five years because then when I decided to maybe start casually dating, I ended up very quickly meeting someone which was very unexpected But I still look back at that time as one of the most wonderful experiences. Look, I was lonely sometimes, but I think to be totally honest, Mm. I've been lonely in relationships before. This was a very different Mm. experience of like I was filling my cup with other things, but also getting really good at just sitting with my pain, sitting with any grief I was feeling from all of the things that didn't pan out with this sort of long-term relationship that I would have been in. And I had a, a massive shift of friendship. People I'd had for over a decade, I lost a bunch of friends and there was no arguing, no anything. They just went the other way very much. So I see this even with my clients where they have huge long relationships and then they break up and the friends just go one way. And, and so that kind mm. of happened. So I was grieving a lot. But honestly, I still look back and say, I'm going to say it to my partner now. Funnily enough, like I'm, I'm getting married. I was supposed to get married, but COVID ruined that last year. But mm. I have always say that that was such a beautiful time. Like it, it just gave me such, um, I don't know, insight into myself that I hadn't ever done because I was so used to being a mother a sister or a daughter and all the other things. Mm. I mean, if people can do it, I, I'm always saying I totally recommend it. I learned a lot about myself, yeah. Some of the most popular
0: content that I've done has been around loneliness and you ha- you made a comment about feeling lonely but you've also felt lonely in relationships. Yeah. So do you think you came out of those relationships thinking like relationships aren't the answer to the loneliness
2: that I feel? Look, absolutely. And it's that thing of also going, what is loneliness? Like, there's being alone and then there's loneliness. Yeah. This whole thing, I don't know if it was Liz Gilbert, I wrote about it actually. I wrote this big blog about it, but about how she sort of said she's not going to, you know, use her body or other people's bodies as a scratching post or whatever anymore. She's going to learn to live with her pain stuff. And I kind of, that sort of really resonated with me. And I think. I learned that feelings are feelings, right? But they've got a beginning, a middle and an end. And I knew I'd had some days where it was exceptionally, exceptionally painful, or I felt, gosh, I really, want to just talk to someone I would go days sometimes without speaking to people it was bizarre Mm. and I'm a really chatty person so it was just such a strange thing but I actually got really comfortable and it was I think very empowering to know that you know I would rather sit with this and it is never going to just be like that all the time than be in a relationship where I'm here out of perhaps a fear of being lonely or that oh you know wondering is this it Mm. Well, for me, it felt much more sensible way of when I made a decision to get into another relationship. I was in a very different headspace of that. Like even now, you know, I will always think it's okay. If something happens and I and this relationship ended, and I say this, no, you know, going to get married, I just have this sense of peace. Like mm. it was okay. That was the most incredible time of just learning to be alone and be with my own thoughts and not run away from them and don't get me wrong I did some silly things I would go drinking sometimes I mean I don't drink anymore but or I would just scrolling Instagram all the different things that you do to try to deal with you know whatever's happening in your feelings and stuff but I even went through a phase where I stopped watching television
0: I'm probably at where you were at right now because like I'm dating but not having sex because I just Mm -hmm. it makes it too messy for me so Mm -hmm. I I'm doing, like, walking dates where it's just get to know someone for an hour but nothing else after. And I've also stopped watching a lot of TV and, like, stopped making myself super busy, like, a lot of alone time. Yeah. Amazing. Like, kind of that weird phase of your life, I guess, where it's, like, the way that you were dating before wasn't working. Yeah. um, So trying to
2: shift into a new way. Mm -hmm. And even then when I stopped, so I did at first, as like you, I was casually dating and then I... So I was, I was open to having casual sex and I was very much that kind of stuff. But I'd say to people, I am not ready for a relationship. So I'd have to kind of Mm. say that a few times. But then I decided I didn't even want to do that. So I would go out with people just specifically to just make friends. And I I read. I, I'm all I've always loved reading, but like I was reading everything and just spending a lot of time, yeah, just sort of doing different things that I hadn't done. Like, you know, making myself go on dates to museums and like I was dating myself. It was actually wonderful.
0: <laughs> at what point do you think you were like, okay, I'm at a point now
2: that you
0: felt ready to get back out there
2: to be honest I don't actually remember some of my fr- a few of my friends were just like how long do you think you're gonna be single for kind of thing and I was like oh five years you know and I think at this point had been three or something and then I just thought I think I started wanting to make connections more so so it wasn't like I really wasn't thinking anything was going to happen And then I went on a few dates and then met the person who I'd end up being engaged to, which, yeah, like, but I was very, (laughs) you know, I even got to the point because I I, I joke about it and I say to my fiance, Lauren, now I I, I wrote her almost like a bloody essay in a text that said, by the way, if we do be sexual, you know, um, know, I don't want to share my bed with you after. That is my sacred space. Like I wrote this whole bloody essay. Right. And she was very like, okay, no problems, you know, that kind of thing. And the funny thing was she doesn't like casual sex and so the two of us it was bizarre. But I don't know if I necessarily thought I was ready. It's just that I was like, I'm going to look at this from a different way. And it was like, I choose to spend time with this person and I'm really enjoying this. And that's how I kind of came across because I feel like I wasn't necessarily thinking this is going to happen. I just felt like I might have liked to make um, some new friends and I did. I went on dates and then made a couple um, of friends but that was kind of where I was at. I still didn't actually think, I did not think that was going to happen. I just for some reason had this sort of it's going to be five years because, you know, I went from a year to then three years. I just kept, I actually Mm. enjoyed it so much.
0: Mm. Yeah, I was doing a bit of research it was hard to find stuff online about people that choose not to have sex for certain periods of time because there's a lot of articles about like are you having enough sex and I feel like there's Uh kind of all this pressure Mm -hmm. for couples and for single people to be having more
2: sex is there such thing as are you having enough sex what's your view on it i do i think we have this pressure and i often talk about you know we live in this sort of almost sex saturated society there's stuff everywhere it's all you know and even on instagram and all the other sex positivity and all of that kind of stuff and i think it's almost to the point where people think there's something wrong then if they're not being sexual because now there's all this permission to do all this stuff, which is fabulous, Mm. right? But also I think it's just as important that we embrace it's okay not to, which I think when people said, why are you not having sex, Naomi? That's funny. You're a sexologist (laughs) and you're not having sex. I did not miss it. I actually did not miss it. I like sex, but I did not miss it. Yeah. I went more than a year, consciously more than a year. I think all my energy was just in other spaces Mm. And I think it's it's definitely pressure. Like couples will say this to me all the time. How much sex should I be having? And I'm like, get rid of the shoulds and just say, what would you like to? And then your partner mm-hmm. here, if there's two people, what would feel good for you? I say, don't be, you know, being so unrealistic that this is not achievable. I say, what would you really be just happy with and content and feel good about and yeah we kind of work from there to sort of talk about it's okay and and I think I did a talk recently about sex breaks like it's okay to take a break from sex Mm. sometimes if you're having vaginal pain or any sort of or whatever that's something I see a lot of vaginal pain but yeah you know that taking a sex break is okay I think people almost feel embarrassed to talk about this stuff I mean I was very vocal about the fact that I wasn't having sex really like consciously but some people think that's weird As if I'm missing out. I was going to say that
0: I like the fact that you've turned it around and you're like it was a conscious choice to not have sex for a year. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there probably is a little bit of stigma around someone. Like if you were like I haven't had sex in a year, people would be like, why what's yeah. wrong mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. I mean some of the people i around were really like oh okay and I suppose we were in, around some people who are pretty open-minded and that but yeah there would have been some people saying that's odd and I I suppose I'm at that point I don't care <laughs> I really don't care if they yeah. say that about me because I know I'm fine and there's many other things that were making mm. me feel you know fabulous they were just like there were my life was fulfilled in many ways and I knew that I thought it'll happen again it's just you know I've, I've had had sex for many years, and this time I wanted to see what it's like to consciously not. I was going to ask, as a sexologist and with your clients, like it's not just people that
0: love to have heaps of sex and then people that don't love to have as much sex. Yeah. It's like do you go up and down throughout your
2: life? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's a yes, that's a really good point. I often talk about the ebbs and flows of our libido and our desire, and all of those things. That, of course, just like many other things, um, so sometimes you will feel like that more for a variety of reasons, and then, um, yeah, other times you won't. I mean, people that have you know, illness, death, grief. Gosh, I've got people, some people, you know that quite often some of my clients say, oh, my friends are just telling me to get back on the horse. I don't want to. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. Don't. And for some people <laughs> it's painful. They try to have sex. I don't mean, yeah. um, I don't just mean physically. Like literally they're, yeah. they're emo- it's emotionally painful to be sexual with someone in, after a breakup. And, I, and I'm like, you just listen to your body. I think that's yeah we don't probably talk enough about that making decisions and I suppose I will say I'll just sort of you know I want to acknowledge that I was consciously doing that it's a very different thing I suppose if you want to be connecting sexually with people and that's not happening that's a whole nother conversation Mm. right that I actually made this decision that I wasn't going to do that and if someone asked I would be like you know, no, this is not happening.
0: Well, I did actually want to ask that because, like, I think I had a drought a few years ago, and mm-hmm. it really knocked my confidence. And I think that right. was because it it wasn't voluntary. Yes, it yes. just wasn't happening. And I think what happened was the more it didn't happen, and the more I felt invisible the more my confidence continued to go down. Yeah. Do you think there's like, I was going to ask, is there a difference between, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. consciously choosing sure. and then also feeling like you're not having any love?
2: Yeah, because you're coming at that from a very different headspace, right? I was okay with not having that. And for a lot of people, if they're actually looking for that and then going out and it's not happening, they do that. But all those things, right? H- humanity, right? You're going to start feeling all those yeah. rejection feelings. What's wrong with me? And often it's nothing to do with that. Sometimes it's a timing thing right with anything Mm. but i absolutely if all that if that's what you really want and you're not able to do that you're going to start panicking or getting upset feeling you know you know am i not attractive anymore and and all of that Mm. so yeah absolutely i think that that's a there's a whole nother conversation if you're coming at it from that angle where you're going out and it's not
0: happening I'm consciously kind of, not not a year and not five years, but I've said three months. (laughs) What happened was, I actually haven't said this on this podcast before, but because I'm talking to a sexologist, so lockdown was like, obviously not much happened over lockdown. And then I Mm -hmm. went away. So I went to Queensland and Byron Mm -hmm. Bay and started having way more sex. Mm -hmm. And I was finding that those interactions, they weren't giving me the same feeling as they once did like they were more like fleeting and it was like Mm -hmm. you'd have one date and then a second date and then you wouldn't hear from them again or whatever happened and Mm -hmm. it was starting to make me feel it just was like empty almost like that empty (laughs) dating yeah and I think that's when I was like okay I want to get to know someone
2: Yes. First. Yeah. Like, that's the shift that happened for me. Yeah, you kind of realised you needed something else, a bit more of a connection. Yeah, mm. not just a physical connection. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, you wanted to get to know them a bit more on a different level as well. And it's not to say you can't get connected having casual sex because absolutely people yeah. pretend and say, oh, no one's got feelings. I'm like, that's not true either. But, yeah, I know what you mean. You would really wanted to start to know a lot more about them out of that physicality sort of situation. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So,
0: what I wanted to know is, are there any obstacles coming back into the dating scene after, say, you know, six months, a year? Because I always find dating is like, for me, there's some
2: practice to it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just come back naturally all no. of a sudden. And I think you've just made a good point. I think anyone, even whether you've consciously chosen or not dating, I, I mean, I talk to people like this every single day. They they hate it. Mm. Many people just hate it and I always joke and say it's like a freaking job interview and I hate them. <laughs> like it's awful because you're kind of putting yourself out there trying to be your real self. Mm. They're, they're not great. So I think they're quite anxiety-inducing. And if you're continually doing that, it's not going to feel fabulous. So I think just almost normalising the fact you are going to be a little bit nervous because you're about to go there and someone, someone, one of you might say, no, thank you, which actually is just about them, not you. But, of course, most of us will go, wait, what? And I say to people, remember, do you know what it feels like when you go out and you realise, no, nah, something's not, No, well, I'm not clicking here and, and you can understand that. I, I kind of get people to sort of remember this is mostly about them. They're just for whatever reason not in that space. But, but it is a bit... It's nerve wracking. It is a strange time. So I always say to people, you know, be okay that you, or be prepared for nervousness, you know? Did you have any trouble getting back out there after the year and a bit? I kind of went on a, it I happened sort of quite quickly actually. I kind of once I sort of made a profile and and, and that kind of stuff. And also I will say, you know, I, I date women. And so I when my friends who date men, you know, I would be saying to them, can you please send me a screenshot? Don't go out at night. Whereas me, here's me. I'm just like, yeah. well, I would go on walking dates and stuff. I did that on purpose. I didn't want to always go on a nighttime date because I do think there's this sort of thing that you've got to, it's got to last longer and stuff. So I do breakfast dates or... Same! Like totally. I highly recommend them. I tell everybody, try that. Go on a walking date, you're doing, you're doing great. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's less pressure in many ways. And I imagine if you're dating men, it's you know people are even more worried about their safety. To be honest, I never worried about that, that I was gonna get murdered. Mm-hmm. Whereas my friends did. I'd still send the message saying, this is where I'm going, but I didn't have the same level of fear. It was just more about, oh my gosh, I hope we can get through this conversation and it's not too awkward. All the things that people tell mm-hmm. me all the time. They're worried they won't click mm. or it will be weird.
0: You mentioned dating yourself. Mm-hmm. So, what were your favorite dates to take yourself out on during that time?
2: I mean, when I, I did a Valentine's one with a bunch of friends, like, did you know, nice. we went, yeah, we just did this amazing dinner and gave each other gifts. Another one was like, I celebrated my like. One year single versary with um, pancake breakfast. Oh, I love that! <laughs> I was like, Ooh, and someone actually came to the breakfast and brought me flour, like balloons and stuff. It was. I want to turn that into a thing <laughs> where we celebrate our anniversary of being single? Oh, I, I did. Oh, I made a big deal about it. Yeah, no, I, I celebrated many, uh, and I giggled and taking myself to, out to an art gallery, and I wanted to be able to have a photo, and I had to ask someone. I had to go up to someone and say, can you take my photo? Because I couldn't take one, like, on this particular thing. So, no, I I, I had many. Oh, I I climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge by myself. Oh, that's so nice. I did a lot. A lot of things alone. It was lovely. Yeah.
0: So, my last question as a sexologist, what are the most common issues you see come up with single women? Because this is obviously a podcast for single women or, you know, women in general.
2: (laughs) I, I see um, a lot of people who are struggling with orgasms so I spend um, a lot of time in sessions sometimes supporting women to explore their bodies and folks with vaginas you know to see if they can do that bring get tap into their pleasure and sexuality I see a lot of people unfortunately with vaginal pain that is very very mm-hmm. common vaginal pain vaginismus so i spend a lot of time with clients working through that who are sometimes then panicked about if they date people with penises uh, they're panicked about penetration mm. and stuff and just libido uh, also i mean that's also more worried that they've been in relationships before and I uh, felt that they didn't have a high libido as a partner. So I spent a lot of time unpacking what that even means and trying to reframe it in a different way. And sexuality and gender, people wanting to explore their sexuality, uh, attraction to people of the same gender. or Yeah, I see people for many things, but particularly if you're talking about Women who aren't dating, yeah, that's sort of probably the most common. Awesome. Well, that was um, really enlightening. (laughs) I like the (laughs) term consciously choosing
0: not to have sex. Yeah. I really like that. I've not heard that before because a lot of what you see in the media about people not having sex is like it's, there's something wrong with it, but it's Mm -hmm. nice to hear from someone that loved the experience and and thinks it was a positive impact.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Consciously dating myself and then, yeah, consciously not having sex. It was a wonderful experience. Mm. Well, thank you so
0: much, Mm. Naomi, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Linda, what did you think?
1: Well, I personally don't have any experience in
0: celibacy. (laughs) 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 you're not going to be able to get through this i
1: am enjoying the idea of you doing it for three months and then if you like you can extend it but one year seems an awfully long time yes so i have started googling celibacy and even though you've just given me a slightly different definition that's fine definition i've taken away that people choose it because they don't want to have sex before marriage that's fine because they want to slow down or take time to get to know someone first, all good reasons that I obviously completely ignored when I met Dad. (laughs) But then I don't know why. Honestly, my brain, I started thinking about male sex dolls. (laughs) Did they exist and would that be considered celibacy? (laughs) So let me tell you that they certainly do exist and searching the internet, I don't know why I'm on this, searching the internet, I found Henry. a creation from real Botics. <laughs> he comes with six-pack abs, airbrushed features and a customizable bionic penis.
0: Oh my god. No jokes. The most what? the most
1: significant selling feature is that it can go as long as you want. Oh god, no. <laughs> Plugging into electricity instead of being battery operated in addition to tailoring his facial hair or pubic hair exciting and more you can upgrade by ordering a (laughs) customizable robotic head from the menu and these lifelike heads give it its personality including full facial animation (laughs) and the heads are then controlled by an app on your phone Hello. Who knew? I don't know how I went down this internet rabbit hole. So you've
0: been on a, you've been in a Google rabbit hole somehow.
1: Celibacy. You started lead on me,
0: celibacy. Got me
1: onto sex dolls. Yeah, and then and then I got onto a futurologist called Ian Pearson, who I know who suggests that by twenty fifty humans will have more sex with robots than with other people, oh. and based on current trends, by twenty twenty five women will prefer robots. To men what do you make of all that
0: I guess because I I work at a company where I work with sex toys and I work at a beauty company but we, we we have a sex category and so I'm sort of in that world and I follow a lot of people and there's a bit of a movement towards like I guess women being able to get it for themselves so but this
1: is one step further I mean Henry's another <laughs> step further <laughs>
0: but our sister but Ruby's boyfriend's called Henry, that's all I could think I about. I know,
1: Don't ask me how I got onto this topic. Apologies to anyone that find it
0: offensive. <laughs> no, no one's going to find it. Henry, what do I look up? Henry.
1: Real I look Real he Botix, R-E-A-L-B-O-T-I-X. Botics. It is frightening.
0: Oh, my God. Henry, the sex bot, wants to know all your hopes and dreams.
1: It's pretty realistic.
0: <gasps> His face. <laughs> oh, my God. He's he's winking. Oh,
1: it's, it's crazy. He's
0: going on sale for $12,000. I
1: think there's a range of prices.
0: Yeah, wow. Then I was
1: thinking... So you've got your vibrators, which you pop in your drawer when you've got guests. What do you do with Henry when your guests come over and you're in an apartment? (laughs) Do you shove him in a cupboard? Do you lie him down in the bed? I I have no idea.
0: What do you do? Well, thanks, Linda, for that. All that change in-depth of topic research. <laughs> Definitely change of pace and change of topic. And
1: just changing topic. Have we got a listener story this week? Maybe not.
0: No, we don't have one this week. I loved last week. I know. God, pros
1: and cons of living in Melbourne or New York. Yes. Moved to Australia. And then on a family holiday, they're in Noosa. That is my absolute favourite destination in Australia. So no wonder that he proposed there and no wonder she said yes. That was a nice positive story. I
0: know. It was a really nice story. That is a reminder to anyone listening that wants to send in their dating stories, please send them in. But otherwise, we will see you here next week. See you next week. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.